Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Real View podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. With me is my co-host, Carrie Arblaster, and joining us today is our special guest, Terry Painter. So Terry is the author of his new book, The Encyclopedia of Commercial Real Estate Advice. He's also a contributor to Forbes.com. He has a very extensive background and history in commercial real estate. So we're just really excited that you're joining us today, Terry Painter, because you're kind of a big deal. So we're happy to have you today. Thanks. It's a pleasure. Well, Terry, as you know, we kind of prepped you for this. We prep all of our guests for this. We do have a signature question here at The Real View, which is what is the best view that you have ever had? I think the very best best view is the one I'm looking at right now, which is the two of you, of course. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, you're such a charmer. (laughs) I'm also looking over the Atlantic Ocean right now from the Dominican Republic, which is where I have my winter home. I've been able to escape the rainy, cold Portland, Oregon winters. So it's, it's very tropical here. Sorry to rub it in. No. Yeah, <laughs> I know we were chatting earlier. I'm like, I think I'm on, we're on day like 20 of like no sunshine at all. And there's like no sun anywhere on the forecast. So I am sure that is amazing. And I would soak up all of that sun and that warmth for us because that sounds beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terry, you kind of aren't a stranger to gray days. You actually hail originally or live part-time in Portland, Oregon, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. 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 Well, thank you. Like Allison said, for being here, we're really excited to talk with you. As we are reading through your extensive bio, we kind of were going, wow, there's so much that we could touch on today. And of course, your new book, The Encyclopedia of Commercial Real Estate Advice is huge. There's a lot we could touch upon there today as well. So I think we'll start with the book. You know, we're going to move our way into COVID because that is the topic of 2020. And I think will be of 2021. But first, let's chat about this book that you just wrote. It's, it's big, it's bold, it's got a lot of great information in it. But there is a section that you said was, you know, important to you. And that is some of the pitfalls that people fall into when they're looking at commercial real estate. So let's start there. Uh, Yes, well, it's just that, just like any relationship, you know, at the very beginning, like if you, even if you're dating, you get, you're kind of excited. And what happens is you have to go through the get to know you phase and you've got to put your emotions aside and just seriously get to know this person or in this case, it, this piece of real estate. And what happens is that we come in wanting to be very positive. We come in, we, for somebody buying, whether it's their new home or an investment property or commercial real estate. They come in, you're not going to, you know, I guess some people probably do come in somewhat negative thinking, oh no, this might be a terrible experience. I don't want to meet the wrong property. But what happens is that a lot of people do not take the time to do their due diligence and really get to know this property so that they can avoid the pitfalls. So in my book, in, you know, the book is, on buying, selling, 
repositioning, which is fixing, you know, value adding to properties, it's on development, managing, leasing. It covers just about, it does cover just about everything on commercial real estate. And throughout the book, uh, you know, I, I, I just give all kinds of advice on, on what, to, what to avoid because I wish I could say that all my clients uh, have just hit a home run, but a lot, some of them have really hit brick walls too, and it failed. Yeah. And so that's what this book is about. It's really about getting to know the property. Getting, it's the very first thing in the book starts out by asking, who are you when buying a commercial property or an investment property? And it's like, you know, and I start off by saying, well, why would, why would I even ask you that? It's like, who asks somebody that, you know, in business? <laughs> It sounds yeah. kind of like new age or something, but it's actually really important. And that's to really know, uh, to get, to, you know, that's, that's really another pitfall is not really knowing who you are. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to get this up. I'm going to get an apartment building. I'm going to manage it myself. And they don't really realize what they're up against and that this could actually be a, a second full-time, almost a full-time job. And it might really wreck their lifestyle. So is this something, you know, so getting to know, I mean, knowing who you are, do you really want to take on something that is going to be a fair amount of work? You know, do you really want to do you really want to mother your tenants? Do you want to have to if you do have professional management, do you want to have to manage your property manager and so on? So so actually avoiding pitfalls, which is really doing your due diligence and really taking a look, a hard look at those financials on the property, taking a look at the condition of the property and going beyond that to see if this is really who you thought it was as a property. So what is it, Terry, that led you to want to write this book? Well, you know, it's really strange is that it wasn't my idea, actually. The managing editor, executive editor, Richard Naramore from Wiley, they published the Wiley's book. They sent me this email. The guy had been reading my articles, like on LoopNet and so on, and liked my writing. And he said, hey, would you by chance be interested in writing a book they were going to call it the Commercial Real Estate Encyclopedia. They were looking for somebody. Their editorial committee decided that I would be a good candidate just because, like most investors of commercial real estate, invest in one or two types of property. Well, I have financed and closed hundreds of loans on every type of commercial property. That's why they were interested in me. So I started getting really excited about it. But what I told the editor is I said, well, if I'm going to write this book. It cannot be a boring book. You know, because I just, uh, you know, I've read too many books. When I was learning commercial real estate, there were like textbooks. And so my book is actually chock full of really good stories from my experiences, my clients. And what we did is where Wiley, the publisher, was looking for somebody to write a, like an encyclopedia with all these subjects, which the book has. They asked me to give them a proposal. I proposed doing a book that was a how-to book with chapters and an encyclopedia combined. And they loved the idea. And... Five days later, after they proposed this to me, I got a book contract to write it. So there you go. That's amazing. And I mean, when we say book, so um, I was sent a copy from from you all. So thank you for that. And I mean, I'm thinking it's just going to be, you know, like a like a little you know novel book. But I mean, this is like a book. I mean, this <laughs> is like a big. I mean, there's there's a lot of work that I'm sure went into that. So I was really impressed when I received my copy. I was like, wow. You can use it if you have two. You could use them as dumbbells, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for all of our at home workouts that now we are, you know, accustomed to. So yeah, yeah. congratulations on this book. It's it is quite it is quite the book. 
So Terry, I want to back up just a little bit to talk about how you got here in the first place. We see here that you hold a bachelor's degree from the University of Oregon in education in psychology, not really commercial real estate. (laughs) So we were wondering, how did you get here? (laughs) Well, Well, I'll tell you how I got here is that I get bored rather easily. That's why I love my job working on commercial deals because there's always a new deal. But at the time, uh, the previous career that I had, I did teach for a while. And what I found is that I really, I'm an older guy, so there wasn't very much money to earn in teaching. And even though I loved it, I decided to go into business. And so I, I love food. I'm a foodie. So I went into restaurants and I had a chain of, in shopping malls of, it's a, it was a French bakery and restaurant, and they were in shopping malls. But what would happen is that I loved building them. I loved designing them. And then, I, and then, but after about, I hate to say this, three or four months, I didn't really, I wanted to build another one. And then I wanted to build another one. And it was, it was very stressful in my marriage because we were taking money out of our home to build these restaurants and everything. So I had a banker buddy who financed a lot of my restaurants. And I said, hey, you know, because he, he just loved financing businesses and commercial real estate. I said, hey, I really, because we would, you know, hang out. I'd say, hey, how do you? I love your job. I want to do what you're doing. How can I do that? And he said, well, he said, we don't have any openings for people who don't have experience. I don't know what to tell you. So what I just, I went, I knew I wanted a career change. I was in my early forties and I decided, well, I'm going to go to, I went out to Bryce Canyon and I opened up this entrepreneurial magazine. And there was this ad that said, own your own mortgage company, do business and commercial real estate loans. And I said, that's what I'm going to do. So I came back and I told everybody I know, that I was going to do this. And nobody, everybody said, hey, you don't know what you're doing. You can't do this. What do you mean? The only person who believed in me was my mother, who has always believed in me. That's so, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a mom. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So I kept the restaurants for a while, but then I started uh, learning and I this company trained me the same way I train my law officers today. The only way to learn is by doing deals. So I just found that I just had this, and I just to this day, I'm never bored with this job because I get to, I mean, I, I work on, a, I just work with entrepreneurs who are investing in real estate and I, I love working on deals. And so how long after, you know, you are the owner of the apartment loan store and the business loan store, correct? Both of, did yes. both of those start in 97? And how close was that to this change? Yeah, actually, the business loan started. Business loan started out to begin with, and that was a commercial mortgage brokerage doing business loans and commercial real estate loans. And I started out. What happens because my banking buddy, we started getting. I found out there's a lot of deals that banks could not do because they were being regulated that I could do. And so for the first year, you know, I basically played loan officer. I didn't realize I had to really learn that. They had a lot of people come in that needed loans. It was a great thing to do to sell money. Everybody needed money. But to, to actually qualify people and all that, I, it was definitely a learning curve. But by my second year, once I my business really took off with business loan store, and then I added probably around 2004, I added uh, apartment loan store. And that evolved into an online commercial mortgage banking firm. That's awesome. And I read too that you do business in all 50 states. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yes. That's impressive. Yeah, that's awesome. Really cool. So what do you think are the biggest challenges to commercial real estate? And then on the flip side of that, what are some of the biggest benefits? Well, this again is in my book because, you know, I started out actually talking about commercial real estate, that it's that there's a lot of gurus out there 
that teach seminars on commercial real estate and they say, this is easy. We can teach you how to do it. Well, the truth is, is it's not easy. There's a lot to learn. And yet, if you only thought about it as being hard and all these things you have to learn, who would ever do it? So bottom line is that I ended up teaching a lot of seminars just because it's a part of who I am. And I started working with people who wanted to get into commercial real estate. Most of them had invested in rental properties and they wanted to move into owning more units like apartment buildings. And so, so anyway, so the biggest challenge is actually realizing that you've got to, is that there are like seven pre-qualifications for commercial real estate. Like if you buy a, you know, a home, there's two pre-qualifications, which are the borrower and the property. But, you know, there's all these other, for a loan, just for the loan part, there's seven pre-qualifications. And then there's all these, you've got to really focus on, on the income of the property. And that's a learning curve that it's not, that part is not necessarily difficult. You don't necessarily know a lot of math, but you certainly have to participate and deal with real numbers on the finance, you know, you have to get real financials on the property you want to buy is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think are some of the biggest benefits? So, you know, assuming that, you know, you overcome some of these challenges and become, you know, the guru that you are and start seeing, you know, some success with this, what are the biggest benefits or what could people expect, you know, if, if um, this is something that they want to go down and that they have success with? Okay, well, there's nothing like it. Okay, like, well, like in the stock market, you know, basically you're pretty much trusting other people. Most people trust other people to invest money for them. And it's really, the stock market is really based more on the whims of investors, what's how much the buying and selling and and the how successful the companies are that they're investing in. With commercial real estate, what I love about it is that it's really based on your entrepreneurial skills. And so there's, so it's really unlimited. And there's five, instead of having one source of income, I guess stocks might have two sources, which are, you know, dividends and also, you know, interest on the money you have. But commercial real estate actually has five sources of income. You have income from operations, you have rental increases, you have appreciation, which is the biggest one. Most commercial real estate investors earn more money from appreciation than anything else. And then you have depreciation. You own a $1 million apartment building, let's say, you could get like a $27,000 write-off on your taxes against your other incomes. And then you also have the fifth one is actually taking cash out someday down the road from your commercial real estate and you're just doing a cash out refinance or you could sell that property and do a 1031 exchange and buy more income property. So there's five sources of income. And what I've seen is I've worked for a lot of wealthy people and I've seen over the years how they've grown their wealth through commercial real estate. It's there's nothing like it. That's great. So while there may be initial challenges and in, in getting started, maybe a little bit complicated, it definitely pays off in the long run. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What I want people to know is that it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's but if you want, if you're willing to do the work and you're tenacious, you don't necessarily have to have a ton of money. You could learn how to raise investors. You could learn how to find you know, a dynamite property and then raise investors. So, it can, you know, but you do have to be willing to do the work. If you're, if, you're, if you're somebody who likes to take lots of shortcuts and you want easy, this is probably not it. However, if you have a love of business and of, of putting a deal together and you're willing to do the work, do it, go for it. Yeah, that sounds like great advice. Is there any additional advice that you would offer to someone who's currently 
involved in commercial real estate or is maybe thinking about it, what other advice would you give uh, to those individuals? Well, I think probably right now at this moment, there's an area of Portland that where I live and there is an apartment building that I've just fallen in love with. I'd love to buy it. And that's like the wrong reason. What you really want to do, you really like, you know, I don't know, maybe love at first sight does work for some relationships. But in commercial real estate, you know, when you start getting an emotional attachment to a property, then that can be risk, really raise your risk level. So you've got to really back off and look at this as an investment and really get to know that property. I would say I have it all the time. I've had people say, oh, Tara, you've got to help me get this loan because I got to have this property. I've got to have it. But I know right that right there that they might be paying too much for the property. The best advice I can give is actually to not pay more than what the property is worth today. I mean, I can understand if you want to fix and flip a property, a property that needs a lot of work, you're going to do some improvements, raise the rents, and then sell it, perhaps at a profit. But even then, you've got to get the property for the right price. So buying the property for a good price, what it's really worth, is the most important advice I could give anybody. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Harriet, you know, we briefly mentioned that we were going to come back to COVID, the topic that just won't go away. Yes. There has been so much change, you know, over the last year. Residential side has been crazy. You know, our members, our residential members here in Ohio have said repeatedly that this is the busiest year they've ever had. You know, inventory is tight. People are motivated. Interest rates are low. If you could, I would love to hear from you about the commercial side. Certainly. So what's happened is that there are some sectors that everybody who reads the news is aware of that are really hurting in commercial real estate. Uh, number one is probably hospitality, hotels, because unless you have a, have a hotel by an airport, you know, people just aren't traveling right now. Anything in a resort community, forget it. People aren't traveling. You know, retail was really hurting prior to COVID because it was making a shift. You know, people are buying more online these days. Now with having so many retail businesses that cannot make ends meet, not to mention, you know, restaurants, for instance, you know, it's tougher for retail right now. We also have office. So many companies have gone to, you know, having all their employees working at home. Well, now, you know, some of their employees really like that. There's a lot of businesses that are not necessarily service related where employees can work at home. So one of my clients on an office building in Los Angeles doesn't know what he's going to do because his tenants are either not paying or not renewing their leases. And he says downtown Los Angeles is like a ghost town. But then on the positive side, multifamily is kind of like a safe haven as far as you know, apartments, five units or more. That's something that you know, everybody needs a roof over their head. So except for apartment buildings and what we call 
high crime neighborhoods, blue collar neighborhoods, where the majority of the people occupying these units are, you know, working in lower paid jobs where their unemployment is running out. Those apartment buildings we have challenges in because people are just not, maybe as much as a third of the tenants are not paying the rent. But otherwise, multifamily, just like residential homes right now, is booming. Cap rates are, are either staying stable or they're coming down even more. And so property values are there. So that's, you know, the thing about this, we're in a we're in the coronavirus recession. But what's unlike other recessions is that, as you mentioned, residential properties are doing well. There are a lot of people who are professional people and retired people who their incomes have not been affected. And they can afford to invest in, you know, they're all looking for, you know, for apartment buildings right now. Just so you know, industrial properties are doing very well during the, this recession, especially what we call, I would say, light industrial for sure. And also, you know, self-storage is doing very well, of course. I'm really glad that you touched on um, the rental piece, because this is something that's come up in our realtor world at Ohio Realtors and something that, you know, we've campaigned for is some help with rental assistance and ensuring that some of these property managers are receiving rental payments with unemployment so high and, you know, with people maybe being in a riskier place and, and in a place where they are unable to pay their rents due to the COVID pandemic. Are you seeing any sort of things like that where where there are multiple tenants who are unable to pay their rents because of the unemployment benefits running out and, and just COVID in general? Is that something you're seeing? Well, absolutely. That's a really good point, uh, Allison. So, okay, so our number one product right now is loans on apartment buildings. And what, what's happening uh, with you, okay, so we have one class of apartment buildings that's kind of isolated, which are A and B properties or lifestyle properties. These people have savings, they're paying their, even if they, if they have lost their jobs or, or they're on unemployment, they still have some savings. And then we have working class people who are, who, let's say, you know, 15 to 20% or more are not able to pay their rent. So what's, what it's done for, for me and my staff is it's really been challenging because our underwriters, like right before we're getting ready to approve a loan, we've got to pull another rent roll. And we also have to get a collection report and see how many tenants have paid the rent. And if they haven't, if there's too many that haven't paid the rent, then we're not going to be able to do the loan. The only way we can do, you know, one of the things we can do is we, can, we have to collect reserves, which puts a bit of a burden on the borrower, the owner of the investment property. You know, they're already not getting their rent. You know, they want a loan. We've got to tell them they've got to put reserves down to cover the possibility that more tenants are not going to be paying rent. So we are seeing that, you know, just just recently with unemployment benefits, the federal unemployment benefit running out, there's definitely been a big surge in working class people not being able to pay their rent. And what happens is that is that then it gets passed so that my clients who are the landlords, you know, they still have to pay their mortgage. So it gets, you know, it's a problem for them as well. You know, some of them are, you know, have rainy day funds and some don't. You know, at the end of this last year, which was about a week and a half ago, <laughs> there was an FDIC report that came out um, looking specifically at lending, right? And despite low interest rates, what they found was that the volume of lending fell and they identified that as being driven by a decrease in commercial lending specifically. You do a lot of lending. You're very engaged in that. Have you seen that as well? Well, yes, uh, that's a really good point. And that's one of the things that happens in all recessions. Remember, we are 
you know, we are in a recession. Now it's different from any other recession <laughs> that we've ever had because it's been caused by a pandemic. But, you know, in, in this case, what happens in all recessions is that le- is that two things. One is that new construction starts pretty much stop because lenders don't know what the need's going to be, you know. So we don't see new construction starts, you know, as far as homes go, and also commercial real estate stops. And also lending guidelines tighten, where most banks were able to do, let's say, a loan at 75%, a lot of them are dropping to 65% loan to value for commercial real estate. They're also, they're just requiring more strength from their borrowers. So it's more difficult to to get financing right now on commercial real estate. Okay, so you know, I'm kind of fortunate because most of our money comes from securitized sources like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, CMBS, other Wall Street sources, insurance companies that lend money and so on. So because the banks have tightened more, you know, and what's happened is that the federal government by buying more back security bonds has kept liquidity in our world going. So we have plenty of money. Banks have plenty of money too. They're in very solid shape. It's not like the Great Recession, but they've really tightened lending criteria. So that's why others, commercial real estate has really slowed down, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. So if you had a crystal ball and had to look, you know, down the line in the next, you know, one, two, three, four, five years from now, what do you think that you'll see in regards to commercial real estate? Do you think some of the things that we're seeing now with the COVID pandemic and the changes that that's Brought, do you think those things will stay around? Um, do you think that, you know, this is going to bounce back and bounce back big? Well, okay. Well, first of all, let me start off with a disclaimer. That's that I do not have a crystal ball, but <laughs> I do have 24 years of experience and I've been through three recessions during that time. And what's happened is we have always bounced back. But what's different now is that I think there's going to be some changes and some, there's going to be changes. And that's that I think there's going to be a lot of repurposing of certain types of real estate, especially retail and office properties. Repurposing is where you take that property and let's just say that a hotel could be used, could be converted into an apartment building. It's already just perfect for student housing, let's say. Mm-hmm. It could be converted to an apartment building. So we're going to see some repurposing. There's going to be opportunities there. And just like in all recessions, when property owners get distressed, investment property owners get distressed, there's an opportunity that they're going to have to either refinance, sell, or lose their property to the bank. And then that, that brings in opportunities. What I could tell you, in my opinion, I think commercial real estate is going to just go through the same stages it always goes through. Now, there, there's actually four stages to the real estate cycle, to the economy. And right now, let's say if we're in a recession stage, it's followed by the recovery stage. And, you know, then after that, there's a boom stage where everybody's investing again. And then you go into the hypersupply space. So where where once again, there's they've built too many apartments, let's say, or there's there's too many office buildings and so on. And so but I think in the future, I mean, we don't know when, but I think that once COVID, the vaccines, enough people get vaccinated and COVID is not, you know, really limiting us so much. I think that there's going to be some major changes, like I said, with office, certainly hotels and retail. But otherwise, I think it is going to come back. Absolutely. It always has. Yep, definitely. I think so, too. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens and something to keep an eye on for sure. So um, 
With that, I think we'll uh, wrap today's episode up. Terry, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so informative and interesting, and especially for me and Carrie, who are not realtors, and we don't do this for a living. We just support our uh, realtor members at our association level work. Um, this was super helpful to me, definitely gave me a great introduction into this world of commercial real estate. So go check out his book, The Encyclopedia of Commercial Real Estate Advice. Check him out on Forbes.com, writes articles all the time. Terry, is there any other way people can learn more about you or get a hold of you? You know, just you know, we specialize in commercial lending, but they could also reach me at apartmentlongstore.com. Awesome. Cool. Terry, thank you so much for joining us today. This is great. Okay. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time. This has been a Humble Pod production. Stay humble.